This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I am Andrew Kahn. I'm Aaron McMahon. In this week's episode, we will talk about the comments from University of Michigan's president regarding the likelihood of sports happening this fall. If football is played, what should we expect from Michigan's defense? We discuss that as well as the latest with recruiting and transfer news in both football and basketball. All that and more on this episode of the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. So, listeners, as you heard in the intro, or didn't hear, I guess, you did not hear Ryan Zook's voice because he is uh, taking his company mandated furlough this week. Um, you know, the cuts here at MLive have not been as severe as at other media outlets, but there, there have been changes, and you know, that is one of them. So he's, he's off this week. He'll be back uh, next week, but, um, yeah, I mean, there, there is a way that you as, you know, listeners can, can help support us. There's the, first of all, there's the Wolverine confidential subtext program, the text message service, you know, in which you, you know, get exclusive information or you end or information before anybody else. Uh, and also the ability to ask questions, uh, for this podcast. Um, there's a whole bunch of, uh, uh, Yes, perks of, of, of that membership um, is the best. I mean, I've got the phone number right here. Is that is that the easiest way, Aaron, for people? Yeah, to I would say so. That? Yeah. Okay, well, that then you can just send a text to 734-215-6605. 734-215-6605 to send a text, and that'll get you get the ball rolling on that. Currently offering a 60-day free trial on that. Is it still happening yeah as far as i've been told (laughs) there you go there you go otherwise it's you know what four or five bucks a month i believe yeah 499 maybe there you go um and then there's other there's other ways too yes we have a uh yeah a sort of subscriber program for mlive.com in general yeah we i mentioned that a couple of weeks ago when you you took your furlough um for those of you listening or even you know that read mlive on a regular basis um we encourage you uh to, to, to subscribe. I know it's voluntary at this point. It's non-mandated. If you're reading, you can still get everything for free if you choose. Um, but we, MLive is asking for, for volunteers to pay mm-hmm. $9.99 a month. You know, it supports the work that we do. Uh, we don't do this for free. We do have to make a living. Uh, so for those of you that aren't subscribed to the tech service, aren't you know paying for the newspaper, and, and I acknowledge there are probably some of you listening that, that still do subscribe to the newspaper, um, and, and we thank you for that as well. Um, but for those who are not paying, you know, we do at, we do voluntarily ask, uh, I think it's nine and nine a month. It'll go a long way. And I can assure you and uh, avoiding any potential layoffs or anything else that we're currently dealing, you know, we're in, in the issues we're dealing with right now, advertising it's, it's, it's known, you know, um, it's pretty, 
public now at this point. Advertising is down across the media landscape for newspapers, for TV networks. I just saw a report the other day that CBS had to lay off a bunch of people. Uh, so mm-hmm. we're not immune. Uh, it's going across the industry. And if, if you're able to, you know, um, you know do, do consider subscribing. Well, yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, one of the stories you, you would have seen on MLive.com recently, which is the first thing I kind of want to get into here, is uh, the University of Michigan president, Mark Schlissel, uh, spoke to the Wall Street Journal and kind of reiterated his comments he had made previously um, about kind of sort of the connection between Michigan campus being open and then sports, you know, potentially happening. Um, he did have some new information in there, though. So I guess we'll start with just sort of a recap of what of what Schlissel said. Um, Aaron, you were the one who wrote the story, so I'll let you handle that. Yeah, he spoke to the Wall Street Journal. I'm, I'm assuming sometime last week the story went up mm-hmm. Sunday morning. Um, you know, it was it was pretty well shared. It was discussed heavily on social media, even for the holiday weekend that it was. Um, he, you know, I, I think it was noteworthy for for one particular reason. You know, he he he. Now, keep in mind, he's previously mentioned, acknowledged that if Michigan does not have you know on campus instruction in the fall, that they likely won't play intercollegiate athletics, especially football this fall. Um, he reiterated that in his interview, but the one thing he did say, and I thought it was timely, considering that we're starting to see more and more of these schools um, set dates to bring back their athletes. But Swissel said that you know he he believes he still has some doubt as to whether college athletics happens in the fall, especially football. Um, you know, he, his comments I, I think were interesting because, uh, as I said, you know Ohio State has stated that they're coming back June eighth. Illinois has put, set a June third date. Um, so either Schlissel knows something that maybe we don't know, or he's being again cautious here in, in guaranteeing anything. Uh, but it certainly you know created some discussion on social media over the weekend. Um, you know, I, I know I got some back, not myself, but you know I, I did see some backlash from I would assume over Michigan fans that that want to see football in the fall. Um, so it, it was it was a timely, or it was an interesting comment just because of the time. Uh, but we'll see. You know, he Social has said in the past he's cautiously, cautiously optimistic that they will have some form of on-campus instruction in the fall. Um, what, what that looks like um, remains to be seen. Um, but it's going to, you know, it, it certainly sounds like on-campus instruction this fall. You know, that that is going to determine whether or not football is, is Michigan plays football. Yeah, that has to happen for football. I suppose it could happen in some way and still not have football. Um, but you have to at least get the students back on campus for football to happen, Schlissel is saying. Mm-hmm. He said his uh, a few other points. He said, you know, he hopes to make a decision, he, he again, in the coming weeks. So, again, it didn't say – I don't, I don't believe the story said exactly when they spoke to Schlissel. Mm-hmm. But like you mentioned, running Sunday. can figure that means that, you know, he'll, he'll have his decision, you know, maybe next week. Um, which I'm, is not I'm surprising – it's mm-hmm. important to point out that the Big Ten presidents and the chancellors do have a scheduled meeting June 7th. So that's next okay. from this coming Sunday. Um, I don't know what type of decision will be made at that point. I don't know what they can formulate because it sounds like at this point that the Big Ten has kind of left it up to individual institutions. They haven't set a, a date as a conference. We're hearing different dates from different Big Ten schools. Uh, but I, I'm curious to see what, what comes out of that meeting mm-hmm. on June 7th. Right. So – yeah, I mean, you're starting to see kind of some of the, the dominoes fall with, you know, one school comes out with a plan and then another comes out, you know, a few weeks, a few days later with a, a similar one. Kind of the trend right now is bringing back students uh, potentially a little earlier and letting them go home a little earlier and therefore, you know, not returning after Thanksgiving. I know I think we might have mentioned last week Notre Dame is doing that. Now Michigan State has announced that they're doing something similar. So, so yeah, 
the the other thing that Schlissel said is that that I found interesting was whatever decision is made for the fall, expect that to be the decision for January. You know that they're going to come out with one answer right away, and it's going to be the same because he said what what's going to change in January? Potentially, it could get worse. He said, and this is someone who does have a background in immunology. I mean, yeah. biological science major, I think, was his undergrad, uh, and then he got both a PhD and an MD, kind of in related fields of study. So, um, yeah, he's someone who, who has probably more knowledge than your average uh, university president about this kind of thing uh, when, you know, when he speaks on it. Um, but yeah, no, no guarantee that schools will be open. He even took, okay, it wasn't a shot, but he, he noted that other schools that have said they're opening, we mentioned, you know, Notre Dame and Michigan State, uh, you know, he said, those are all still going to hinge on whether, you know, how this, how this thing turns out in the next, right. you know, a few months and, the, and the, you know, the fine print as he called it, um, you know, for states. I mean, it's one thing to say your, your, your campus is going to be open, but then, you know, if, if the, if, you know, the state of, of Michigan or Indiana comes down and says, yeah, actually, no, uh, that would be violating a, a rule we have about, you know, number of people gathering or whatnot, uh, that, that can go out the window. So, um, yeah, it was, it was interesting to, read his comments. He's, um, you know, maybe cautiously optimistic, but also very, very, you know, realistic about, uh, you know, the situation that, that we're facing. It, yeah. It's, it's, it's almost a breath of fresh air because we've heard, it seems like we've yeah. heard time and again, the last few weeks from at, whether it's athletic directors or school presidents that, you know, they're, they're, they're all, they all most seem like they want to play football this fall. No, there have been some outliers like the California state university, uh, district you know they have said that they don't anticipate in this yep. class this fall but it sounds like a lot especially sec schools a lot of the schools in the midwest they they seem like they're they plan on playing football and and they plan on having some form of you know class this fall so we'll, we'll see uh, michigan's uh, clearly as we've said, noted before michigan remains in the stay-at-home order i think it, it was extended to june, through june 12th uh so michigan certainly isn't gonna you know their, their players at least aren't gonna get back in the shin hall for the next few weeks at, at, at the very least so they what, no matter what happens michigan is, is gonna they're wait and see they're gonna probably be behind a little bit so we'll see it's it's a wait and see as it has been here now for the last gosh two months two and a half months and uh you know this the, the last thing on this for me would be we've talked about, you know, follow the money and this you've, you've talked about many times, there's a lot of money potentially to be lost if there is no, you know, football season at Michigan. But he did say, you know, in the, in the Wall Street Journal article noted, you know, the overall budget for the University of Michigan, nearly 10 billion. The athletic department's budget last season, you know, 185 million, it said. And, you know, that's a number you could, you know, confirm or speak to more specifically. But either way, his quote was, you know, although trouble in a $105 million unit is a big deal. It isn't of the scale that it threatens the university. In other words, you don't have football for a season. That's okay. Like the university of Michigan will still exist. It can still have sports, you know, the next year, maybe cuts would have to be made. I don't know, but yeah, it's not, it's not some doomsday scenario for, for the school. So it would be, it would be a hit, but yeah, well, again, we'll just, there's so many unknowns at this point. Um, if there if there is a football season though, uh, you know, folks want to know what the offense is going to look like, what the defense is going to look like. Last week we talked about the offensive side of the ball after talking to offensive coordinator Josh Gaddis. Uh, this past week it was Don Brown who hopped on a, a Zoom call with uh, reporters. Um, he's always you know entertaining. Um, I thought it was funny to hear him talk about the uh, 
he didn't really even, I don't know if he said he didn't know what Zoom was, but you know, he, he really wasn't well-versed in the FaceTiming, video chatting services, um, you know, before this pandemic. And now he's like, I'm an expert. I'm drawing, you know, I'm showing him film on here and, I, you know, I'm doing it all, despite the fact that his audio did cut out a couple of times during the interview <laughs> itself. But regardless, um, yeah, he kind of, he hit on, he hit on so many different topics. I don't, I don't even know where, where should we start with Don Brown's uh, comments on the Michigan defense? That's, that's a good question. Maybe we'll start with his Ohio State comments. You know, they, they generated some interest, uh, you know, immediately after. It was probably the biggest news item to come out of, that, come out of his 50-minute discussion with reporters. Uh, he, didn't, he didn't disclose a ton that we didn't already know. The you know, Michigan defense is, by and large, you know, relatively set for the fall. I mean, they, they return 9 to 10 starters, depending on your, your definition of a starter. Um, most mm-hmm. of their spots are, are – at least the starting spots are decided. Um, but, you know, he took more blame for the Ohio State loss last year. Um, as he has in previous years, he, he felt he said that he didn't think that they were, you know, Michigan was prepared well enough. And again, you can make the argument watching the game, um, but it was you know similar comments we've heard in the past from Don Brown. You know, it's it's almost a similar story each and every year. He did fall on the sword like 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 he did. He, he fell on the sword for his players. He, he's you now he's made this comment in the past, but he he did say you know don't blame the the players, blame the old guy um, because you know he is mm-hmm. putting in the situations. He's he's dissecting. The, the offense, he's you know setting up the playbook. Um, whether that's sufficient for the you know the average Michigan fan listening to this as to whether or not they can be Ohio State, I, you know I don't know. Um, I, I do find it refreshing to hear someone take blame for something. Um, you know, it, it's certainly you know we, we don't necessarily hear that from Harbaugh with with regards to Ohio State. In fact, he usually doesn't talk about Ohio State. You no, know, he did last week, which I thought was interesting. He you know their their desire and their hunger to beat Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, he did bring it up. He was asked about it. Um, and he has a similar answer as he has in years past. Is there a position group? What, what is the strength of this defense this, going into next season, would you say? I think it's twofold. Probably the, you know, the defensive ends. You know, they're bringing back Cody Pay and Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, both started last year. Both figured to be, um, you know, first-team All-Big Ten candidates. They could conceivably, they're both of their names have come up um, in early NFL mock draft boards, potentially first first round, day two guys, and that's what this even starts. And then they got an experience. You know, we've talked about this in the past. They got an experienced backfield. I mean, they, they bring back Ambry Thomas, who um, I thought played very well last year, considering his you know, situation last summer. You know, being, he was hospitalized for, for, gosh, I think it was almost a month with colitis. Um, they didn't mm-hmm. expect him to play. But anyway, so they're, they're pretty experienced and, and talented in the backfield. So, um, you know, I think they got a lot going for them, and, and that was something you know, um, you know, Don reiterated in his conversation with us. You know, there's there isn't a ton to figure out. You know, they've, they've got some holes perhaps inside, some younger guys they got to figure out to move into that defensive tackle nose tackle spot, and then there's the depth, depth issues at linebacker. But again, you've also got some talented guys at linebacker, so there isn't a ton of problems with the defense. You know, obviously, more there are more question marks to the offense, but right. Don sounds pretty happy with what he has heading into the fall. Yeah, I was just going to ask. Then the flip side, what is the you know position group or what the biggest question mark? Because on offense, it is of course we know who's going to be the quarterback, and then you know who's going to be protecting him uh, up front with the offensive line, replacing you know as many starters as they are. Um, defense, like you said, it's just a little more, a little more set, but that doesn't mean it's you know the, the, you've got eleven stars out there for sure. Um, you know, there's a, there's a, the, the third linebacker spot is still somewhat up for grabs or a bit of an uncertainty. 
I don't know what, what else is there anything else that comes to mind that says, all right, this yeah. is where this group needs to get better. Obviously the Ohio state game, you know, the, the last two games of the season weren't. Yeah. The two, I think the, the biggest issue with the defense last year was when, when they played teams that were obviously better than them, the, yeah. the opposing teams found a, found a way to exploit them and Michigan had a tr- had trouble, you know, responding. I'll take, you know, Wisconsin early in the season. Um, you know, Wisconsin did a good job running the football up the middle and Michigan had really had no answer for it. I think mm-hmm. part of it was inexperience and just lack of talent up the middle. Um, I think they've shored some of that up. You do get Carlo Kemp back for a year. Carlo was interesting because he's an experienced, smart guy and he's, he's a heck of a smart guy. You know, I, I, he's one of my, in my opinion, one of my favorite players to interview. Um, he's very re- introspective. He, he knows what he's doing. Um, he's just been moved around so much since he started at Michigan. He was, he started as a defensive end. They moved him in and they've slowly moved him inside. Now I think he's found his calling at, at you know, as, as a, as, as a defensive tackle, but um, last year I think helped him. And then Michigan, they've got to solidify that fourth defensive tackle spot. I expect them to use more of a, more of a four, three front this year, as opposed to last year when they, they went more three, four, more three, three, five. Um, but they're going to have to find whether it's Chris Hinton, who I think is in my early projections in the spring, I have him starting a tackle, but they've got to bring him up to speed. They got to have, they need elite play out of him. And if they can get that, and I think they, they will eventually, I think they can, they do some of those things to sure up, you know, a talented running game. And then Ohio state, I don't, I don't really have answers there. I think, I think that's just the talent camp. You know, Ohio state was a faster group, a, a, a better group. And until you can, I think, um, recruit better defensive backs, um, mm-hmm. And and right. screw up your defensive line issues. I think you're going to have a tough time against against Ohio State. Yes, it's a very it's almost a very simple issue with a with a not so simple fix. Um, so that's like the immediate future, I guess, of Michigan football. The more distant future, of course, is on the recruiting front. Um, geez, I've seen several headlines to this effect just uh, just this week. Um, they've been they've been pretty busy. Yes, two or three more commits uh, yeah, this week yes. alone. Recent Sunday, uh, they have one on Sunday, then one on Monday, and then follow up early, early, uh, early Thursday or late Wednesday, I guess technically. I uh, will start. Mm-hmm. We'll start with the beginning on Sunday. Uh, Michigan, I think, got its best commitment of the week. In fact, he he is the highest ranked uh, defensive commitment in the 2021 class from Michigan. Uh, Four star linebacker, Junior Colson. Uh, he's out of Brentwood, Tennessee. Now he's listed at six two two twenty eight. I spoke to him on Monday. Uh, or excuse me, Sunday night, and he told me he's, he's darn near 6'4 now. He's 6'3, 5'8. So he's grown. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so apparently he's measured himself. But he, he has, he's grown. Uh, he's, he's a tall, lengthy guy. Uh, the 24 7 sports composite rankings have him at one, uh, number 116 overall. Uh, Rivals has him in the top 100. In fact, Rivals has him ranked higher than the 24 7 does. He's got an interesting story, and he might be the most interesting, fascinating recruit. So far in Michigan 2021 class, he's an adopted immigrant from Haiti. Um, he came to the country in 2012. Um, he, he never played football before. Uh, his, his adopted parents decided to put him into football, um, and, and he's kind of flourished ever since. Uh, yeah, I'd say so. His, uh, he told, I spoke to him on, on Sunday night. He, he told me that he played both sides of the ball up until sophomore year of, of high school. He was a receiver and a linebacker. He has since kind of settled in a linebacker. And he's told me, you know, in his conversations with, with Don Brown and uh, their new linebackers coach, Brian G. Mary, that, you know, they kind of envision him as, as a, as a, the next or not the next, but a future Viper. You know, they, they've, they've mentioned Jabril Peppers to him several times. In fact, he told me they had, um, you know, Jabril Peppers call him on the phone and talk to him about Michigan and the type of defense they play. And so that was their, their recruiting point trying to get him here. Mm-hmm. Uh, clearly, clearly worked. Uh, you know, he picked, uh, he picked Michigan over several top 
programs, LSU, Oregon, Ole Miss, Tennessee was in the mix there. Um, you know, it's, he's got an interesting story. Mom is a Detroit, Detroit area native. She was a big Michigan fan growing up. So you have to wonder if that played a factor too, but he's oh, absolutely Michigan's highest ranked defensive recruit. He's their only um, consensus four-star guy. However, Michigan has added a couple of defensive guys since uh, four-star linebacker, Jaden hood. Uh, he's out of uh, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, St. Thomas Aquinas high school, the, the powerhouse uh, school down there. Uh, he's listed at six, one, two, twelve. Uh, number 298 overall in the class, according to 24-7 Sports Composite. Uh, 24-7 has him ranked individually as a three-star prospect. So he's a borderline four-star guy. Um, he picked Michigan over Kentucky, um, Miami, and Minnesota. Uh, he's a stat guy. Uh, I looked up his stats last season as a junior at St. Thomas Aquinas, 75 tackles, eight for a loss, two sacks, two forced fumbles. Um, he's notable because he is now the second player in this 2021 class from St. Thomas Aquinas. Uh, it's a hotbed of obviously talent down there in South Florida, Miami, Fort Lauderdale area. Um, and it, it, I think it's showing that, that Brian G. Mary, who came to Michigan this, this off season, he's a former defensive coordinator at university of South Florida, but he's got heavy recruiting ties in the state of Florida. Now, Michigan has recruited the state of Florida in the past. Um, but you know, it, it was sparingly, they'd go in and try and get a guy mm-hmm. here or there or try and try and they're, they're, you know, trying to land a five, you know, top rated five-star guy. Usually they'd miss. Um, but, you know, G. Mary seems to have been Rhodes there. Um, he hasn't. He hasn't. No, he hasn't landed. Obviously, a five-star guy yet, but he's landed a couple of borderline three and four. I think they're trying to pave some inroads there at St. Thomas Aquinas, which is it's one of the better high schools in the in the country. Now, before you mention the the third player, have there because I, I, I can speak to this on the basketball side. Have there been more commits for Michigan? I feel like Don Brown may have talked about this. More commits than than say last year, just typical years. You know, at this time. Yeah, they are ahead of pace. Yeah. And, and you know, yeah. I, I would imagine, you know, the COVID COVID has has something to do with that. Some of these recruits, I think, in, in a way, feel the need uh, to commit because you're starting to see more and more guys commit early. Here, here's the thing. Here's a reality that in most most cases, these kids will you know speak on the phone with these coaches, come up and, and visit a campus and, and see the town and, and visit facilities. They just haven't been able to do that right now. Um, with with the coronavirus, travel's been limited. Coaches can't leave to go see them either. Um, and and we just saw the NCAA just extended the recruiting dead period until the end of July. So I think more and more of these mm-hmm. kids are, are starting to realize that they need to commit earlier. And it's a good lead into my, my the third kid who committed this week. Uh, you know, four star defensive end Kashawn Bennett. Uh, he re- he committed late Wednesday night, ten forty five p.m. And it was on the Eastern time. He's an Eastern Standard guy. He's from Suffield Academy in Connecticut. Um, I, I so I, I'm. I'm I was scratching my head last night when he when he announced yeah, right. why why ten twenty five at night. You know, you typically they do it middle of the day or in, you know, in the evening. But uh, it, it's interesting because he the day before, so on Tuesday, he told twenty four seven reporter for twenty four seven sports that uh, you know his timeline. He was considering moving up his timeline to commit because he he's starting to see more and more guys commit. So I, I think there's pressure on some of these guys to 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 declare their intentions earlier. Uh, I don't know if coaches are you know telling them, hey, your spots running out, you know, I don't know the situation. But anyway, he uh, he committed four-star defensive end. He's six listed at 6'4", 220, uh, number 329 in the class. Uh, he's the number one in the state of Connecticut. Obviously, it's not a huge football hotbed. Nonetheless, um, you know, he's, he, again, another borderline four-star guy. Composite ranking is a four-star. 24-7 individually has him listed as a three-star. Um, he's, he picked Michigan over Miami, California, Notre Dame, Ole Miss, and, and Syracuse. So it's Michigan's defense picked up several guys that are, I think they've got nine now for the 2021 class. 
Yeah, I mean, on that issue, I'll be I'll be tackling this. It'll be part of a of a story um, that'll run Friday on you know Jawan Howard's recruiting approach here. But yeah, I think what you said is, is true. I spoke to you know sort of a national recruiting expert ab- about this, saying, "Hey, you know, seems like you know Jawan in his case offering offering a lot of scholarships right now, and it seems like you know maybe more commits than normal." And he said, "Yeah, you know, of like the top one fifty, say you know in basketball for the twenty twenty one class, you know, about forty have already committed." And he said this time last year, it was like 10 or 12 only that had committed. Mm-hmm. So, and he said, you know, guys are committing faster. So therefore, you know, there's, there's fewer spots out there. Um, and that, yeah, therefore it just, it sort of then snowballs and then other kids feel the need to shoot, shoot that spots. The spots are dwindling. I need to commit. And he, you know, he did, he did imply that maybe, uh, or speculate that, you know, coaches might be, uh, you know, kind of, uh, using almost scare tactics, you know, Hey, you know, there's mm-hmm. going to be no evaluation period, you know, in, in the basketball sense, you mm-hmm. know, take, take it, take the scholarship now, if you don't, you know, uh, you know, we might, we might be giving it to somebody else. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's absolutely true. Cause part of me is thinking, shouldn't things be going slower? I mean, there's nothing happening. So it's like, especially on the basketball side, there's no, uh, you know, at least wait to see, Hey, maybe like, you know, the July, August, you know, uh, events, you know, AAU events could be salvaged or whatever. I'll get my chance to, to show what I can do. Um, you know, there, or, you know, it might take a little more time to develop that relationship over, you know, these phone calls when you can't visit, but, uh, no, it's been, it's been again, quite, quite the opposite with, uh, you know, with, with recruiting as far as scholarships being offered and, and commitments being made, uh, it will be interesting to see down the line if there's even, you know, more transfers potentially because, you know, again, kids are choosing schools without necessarily having mm-hmm. uh, met the coach, head coach in person or been on the campus ever, which is kind of a, I mean, it's kind of a, a wild thought, um, but that's just, that's just the, uh, you know, the reality of, 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 of the situation here and, you know, in, in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah, and, and Michigan likes to use, I mean, those on-campus visits to their advantage. I mean, they've got the right. biggest stadium in the country. Um, they they mm-hmm. like to think they run well-run visits. Obviously, they don't let us in, so I can't vouch for that. But Michigan mm-hmm. speaks of their 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 in, on-campus in-person re- recruiting visits highly. I mean, it's they, they yeah. run a barbecue at the end of June, typically, that tends to uh, generate a ton of commitments. Um so it's it is unique and it's 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 ironic because i felt like just a few months ago we were talking about how michigan had like two or three recruits in the right. class now i you know i looked it up before we started recording this uh, but now michigan has the six most uh recruits for 2021 among the top 50 ranked schools in the country um so while volume was an issue before they're they're benefiting from volume and i'll, and I'll explain why you know they've got 16 commits right now for 2021 as, as a team the rank that's pushed their recruiting ranking nationally up to five, number five. They're still number two in the Big Ten, well behind Ohio State, which is number one. Mm-hmm. Um, but Michigan's benefiting by volume. Their their average uh, recruiting score per per recruit, I, I went back and looked, is actually fifteenth. So when some of these other lesser schools like a Notre Dame or Ole Miss, they're trailing in the rankings. The, the issue is their volume is just low. So once so once some of these schools can, assuming they continue on the pace that they were in terms of quality of recruit they're getting, Michigan, don't be surprised if Michigan not, you know bumps back down the recruiting rankings. Either way, they are getting kids to commit. Um, there's no issue. There's no really been no issue to, of, of con, or concern about getting some of these guys. Um, so Michigan has certainly rebounded from a, a slow start for 2021. Absolutely. Yeah. So on the, on the basketball side, there have been no, uh, no commitments yet for 20, 
21 for Michigan, but there are a lot of offers being uh, handed out. That's for sure. Um, you know, the bigger news with, with their rosters, of course, the, the transfers, um, you know, they've had, they had three, three out three in this year, um, this off season, I should say, um, you know, one being a grad transfer, Mike Smith from Columbia. So he gets to play right away because he graduated. The other two are regular transfers and therefore uh, are not granted immediate eligibility. The NCAA made that official, um, just this week or the end of last week, I can't remember now, but, um, they, uh, yeah, they said transfers are going to have to sit out there. They kind of punted on that issue. They'll revisit it again, probably in January and probably approve it then for the next year, but not happening this year. So they got two guys who already spent three years in college, have one more season of eligibility remaining. Uh, that would be Sean D Brown from Wake Forest, Nogel Eastern from Purdue. Michigan has not acknowledged either yet, which again is partly could be, you know, just you got to kind of get the the academic side of things uh, uh, set. Um, you know, I remember they brought on it was a walk on, it turned out, uh, but Brandon Wade, uh, you know, local local kid who who played his first year of college ball at Duquesne. Um, and, you know, it honestly took took months before the program officially acknowledged it because of, again, just, you know, getting him enrolled and maybe had a coaching change during that time. So it complicated things. But, yeah, so that doesn't mean that the, that the player or the school is really doing anything wrong. It just sometimes takes time. But Jawan Howard did talk about the, these players. Um, it was now yesterday, Wednesday, um, on a little video interview with BTN. You know, I didn't get into any specifics on, on the players themselves. You know, called them both, you know, just competitors Shondi brown good teammate wants to win uh you know comes from a good family did not he said he, we don't know what the nca will decide so he, he at least you know kind of confirmed that the waiver process is you know if not underway will be um which you know brown himself told me that he's going to to apply for one as for Nogel Eastern, his, his has been a little different because he hasn't granted interviews. You know, Shawnee Brown has talked to people. Nogel Eastern has not, uh, you know, through his mom, she has declined to, to comment. So there's some speculation of whether, you know, he'll even end up in Ann Arbor. Uh, you know, his name is in the NBA draft uh, as well, um, or at least was initially, whether he's withdrawn that or not, we don't know. Um, but yeah, you know, Jawan said he's just a player who, who knows he has some weaknesses in his game that he wants to improve. And, you know, he, th- he obviously thinks he can do that at Michigan and Michigan thinks that he can help him again, whether it's this year or next year remains to be seen. We've, we've talked about this already on this podcast. Yes, they can use help for this year. Those two guys would fill in, the, the give them a full roster as far as scholarships are concerned. Uh, if not, they still have some holes to plug, uh, you know, for the next year so that they're not handing out, you know, seven, eight, nine scholarships for the 2021 class, which by the way, the same expert I talked to that I referenced before noted, not the strongest class in, in basketball, the 2021 class, 2022. Yeah. But, uh, 2021, not so much. So, uh, maybe not the, not the year, uh, to add, you know, a super large class. So if you can you know, do it through transfers, I guess, I guess all the better, uh, potentially, but, um, yeah, so that was that was Juwan. We're still trying. We're still hoping it, to get him. Uh, you know, just like we're hoping for for the other JH at Michigan. Um, you know, to kind of to comment on some of these things more in depth. But you know, he did at least acknowledge these players. So and he, and he spoke about the season in general. Will it happen? He he doesn't know. He has no inside information on on what's going on. Uh, you know, it's just it's just wait and see. He's not gonna. He's not gonna assume one way or the other he's he's plugging away on his roster as if there will be one but we just don't know 
Yeah, that's all we can do is hope. We, we certainly want there to be one. I, I, I have gotten this vibe sometimes from people that it's like because we we don't dwell, but we you know reference these the possibility of it not happening. You know, of course we we want it to happen, but you know, yeah, just, I mean, just don't know. I certainly for our, for our jobs perspective, absolutely, it gives us something to do and write about. Uh, yeah. But I, I've given everyone the same answer. I mean, it's going to come down to a multitude of things. A, the state being state yep. opening up and allowing group groups to happen and gyms that reopen and facilities, universities are reopen. Then it's come down to the university perspective, where the university decides to a play sports in the fall, have on campus instruction. And then it comes down to conference and, you know, the conference level, the conference, some conferences have said that, you know, as we've seen, some conferences have set dates in which they're allowing their school or their universities and, and, and athletic programs reopen up. Others like the big 10 are kind of leaving up to individuals. So it's, Mm-hmm. It's going to be a complicated situation this fall when it comes to football. I think you're going to, you probably might see a few schools, um, you know, not play or maybe not start the season. Uh, and so it's going to it's going to create an interesting dynamic of a you know not only the conference games but the not whether the non-conference games go on as ha- go on as scheduled. Um, just a lot of question marks happening, and you know it's, I know it's, we've been saying the same thing now for a couple of months, but I think it's going to continue down that path here until at least the beginning of July when some football programs and schools are going to be forced to make a decision because if you want to start the season on time at the end of August or early September, they've really got to get going by mid July in terms of mm-hmm. getting these guys in shape and back in practice shape and, and everything else. Cause otherwise you're risking serious injury. And then you've got to, by the same token, there's the, there's always the concern about the, the virus re- reigniting. So it's, it's going to be an interesting next month or I say next six weeks will determine a lot, especially, especially in Michigan. Absolutely. Well, when we know you the listener will know by continuing to follow this podcast or checking out on live.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next week.